Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Today on the show, we have Jordan Lee Dooley. She's a speaker, blogger, podcast host, entrepreneur, and now author. And she loves delivering encouragement, community, and advice to women striving to live more honestly with passion and with grace. And today we are getting a sneak peek into some of the things that are in her brand new book called Own Your Everyday. We're all talking about how to be the best version of ourselves, but how do we actually do that? Jordan talks about the power of small steps, what to do when there's distractions and comparison and anxiety coming up through the journey of just trying to be better humans in general. So I think you guys will like this one. Dive in, give it a listen. We'll see you guys inside. Hey, Jordan, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Oh, well, we're excited to talk about owning your everyday and your new book that's coming out. But I mean, personally, I'm a little bit excited to just kind of reflect on this season of self-improvement and growth that I've personally been going through. And so I think that the book kind of aligns with that topic in mind. So tell me why you feel like delaying that self-improvement or growth phase is potentially detrimental to people. Yeah. You know, I I was talking to my friends about this not too long ago, and it was really something that came through in the book for me as I was writing it. I had this realization, you know, even as I was looking ahead, you know, at these goals that I have, even specifically with the book, right? Like launching it, there's obviously goals for it. And I started thinking through how awesome goal setting is, but how sometimes when we start looking so ahead to what these goals we have are, we can begin to forget what's going on in the here and now and what specific action steps we can take in a smaller way. And so I just started to notice that in myself. For me personally, I don't know about y'all, but I'm an Enneagram 3, which is the achiever. And you know, and so that means I'm always looking ahead, always looking at the next thing. But sometimes in the middle of that, I can like 
not even intentionally, but sometimes delay the disciplines and living intentionally and doing the things it takes to grow in my here and now, because I'm so focused on the next thing I want to do or the you know next goal I want to hit or the next, next benchmark. And so even for those who may not be so naturally that way, I think sometimes we can become so future oriented and so goal oriented that we miss out on the actual small, simple, unseen disciplines that it actually takes to really even live like the person we anticipate becoming or want to become right now. So I don't know if that makes sense, but that's kind of how I look at it. And no, I, th- I think discipline is so important. Like I've been since the beginning of the year, I've been on a weight loss journey and just like in general, trying to improve my health through eating and exercise. And To say it's like, I'm just on this journey of self-discovery and improvement is a total bullshit lie. Like it's, it's all discipline. It's about waking up every day and making good choices for my body and putting the right things in my mouth and going outside for a walk even when I don't want to. And it is discipline for sure. Like I wouldn't be 100 days in the workout journey and 40 pounds lighter without discipline. Like it's required. Yeah, you're not improving once you hit. I think that's the thing. We can often like mentally sometimes begin to think like, oh, well, once the improvement or the result I want comes, that's when I've experienced self-improvement. But it's like, no, before you lose a single pound, before you you know have a single result, it's the decision in the here and now to actually get up and do those things on a daily basis. That actually is the self-improvement, but we often think of it in terms of results. Yeah. So I'm wondering if you have some kind of tangible advice for this or if or if you talk about this in your book a little more. I, I feel like what I hear from a lot of people is, you know, specifically around business goals, right? Not necessarily health, but but maybe where you try to live life like you're the person that you want to be, right? You live life like you're the seven-figure business owner or the six-figure business owner or whatever it is for you. And you make decisions based on being that type of business owner or person or mom or per- like whatever. How do you actually do that though? Like, is, is that a thing that you're practicing in your day-to-day and what are some tangibles people can kind of take away with that? Oh my gosh, so good. Yeah, so one big thing, again, it goes back to this idea that we set, like once our dream comes true, once we hit that benchmark, like that's when we'll be, you know, satisfied or successful or this or that. So one big thing I shared about in the book was like, you have to live like the woman or the girl that you see in your dreams before a single dream actually comes to pass. So one thing that, you know, has been really helpful for me personally is to actually write down, well, who is that girl? Not even just from like a monetary standpoint, but like, okay, is she competent? Is she stable? Is she, you you know, generous is she? What are these actual attributes and characteristics that I see when I hit that benchmark? How am I going to operate in my business? How am I going to operate in my relationships? What are three disciplines that I would probably live with that I might not be living with now? And then simply implementing one at a time because I think sometimes we can see this like, oh my gosh, like with your example, you know, I want to be a six figure business owner. Okay, that can seem so big when you're just starting out and you're like in your brain, you're like, I don't even know how a six figure business owner acts. Right. So it's almost like think about the characteristics and the attributes. You know, you might be a little bit less frazzled. You might be a little bit more disciplined with your time once you felt that stability. So why not start now? Because that's actually going to set you up for success. So that's one big thing is breaking down that bigger goal or that bigger, you know, this is who I'm going to be into these. I call it daily success or micro success factors is what I call it. So setting up your day. And, you know, we want to have these macro goals, these bigger things, you know, the six figure business, whatever it is, but then actually saying, okay, what are the micro success factors so that I can have a successful day every single day? Because if I, in my brain think that once I hit that six figure benchmark, or once I hit that 40 pound goal or whatever it is, you know, 
I see that as my macro success, right? That's my big benchmark for the year, for the next two years or whatever. Well, the reality is if you're waiting to experience success until that, you're missing out. So what is a successful day now? And how would you live once you're in that macro success, once you hit that benchmark? So what are six or seven small things that are micro that you would do every day if you were that successful? You would probably, you know, I wrote down a few of my own. It was like, I moved my body for 30 minutes today. I was clocked out by 6 p.m. because I should be, right? Like I was, I'm creating these boundaries. And then at the end of the day, if you can say, I achieved that, I achieved that, and I achieved that, these daily things, every single day is a success. And it's actually really setting you up for really being prepared to actually achieve that one bigger benchmark. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think people sometimes get a little crazy when they do this. Like they're like, the woman I want to be in my head is like so distant from the kind of person you are today that like, even if you were to set benchmarks, you're going to constantly feel frustrated. It's like, I don't know. And I've done this too, where you you sit down and you're like, okay, this is what I want to do. I want to be like New York Times bestseller and I want to do this and I want to do that. And like, I'm just like, I got all my shit together in all the areas of my life, not just in business. and. I think it can really wear on you when you have this like inflated version of what you're supposed to be. Like, cause I feel like instead of saying like what I could be or what I'm striving towards, like they enter what I should be into the equation. And when you start adding shoulds, I feel like it can get kind of messy. So, like, how can you look at this and make sure you're reaching for like small, tangible changes instead of things that are just going to end up destroying your progress? I love that question because that is one big challenge I try to tackle in the book too, because again, it's like, yeah, we want to have these bigger things, but those can so easily put so much pressure on us and rob us of really being able to, and we have this like almost idealistic version of ourselves. It's like, yeah, always aim for your best self, but like give yourself a little grace, sister, you know? So one big thing that I talked about a little bit was this thing. I It's kind of made a phrase I made up incremental, implementable, imperfect action. So again, it's it starts with those micro success factors just on a daily basis. Like what are those couple little things that you can do rather than saying, these are all the best versions of myself, just a couple little things that allow you to live a bit more intentionally. That's going to set you up for success maybe in those bigger things. But even if you don't achieve those goals, you're going to be a more effective and intentional version of yourself. So there's that first thing. But the second thing is that incremental, implementable, imperfect action. And the reason I chose those three words is because incremental means small. You know, I think sometimes when we talk about self-growth or chasing our dreams, we hear things like take massive action, right? Or even massive imperfect action. And that is overwhelming. Like for me, it's so overwhelming because I'm like, I don't know how to take massive action. I'm like, you know, so busy. I don't have time for all that. There's, I'm insecure. You know, we all have these things. So instead, of saying massive action, what's some incremental step that you can take today? Like you said, I'm going to go walk for 30 minutes. That's not like, oh my gosh, I have to be this way and you're thinking all these big goals. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. So incremental is the first thing. And then it needs to be something that you can actually physically and practically implement in your situation, in your reality. Because what I might be able to implement versus what you might be able to implement could be totally different, whether it's in our business or the, you know, how long we can run or whatever, because of our circumstances, our experience, our current situation, our finances, all these things that we need to look at what we truly have in 
front of us and say, okay, what can I truly implement today? Like what is one simple incremental step I can implement today? And then even if I do that imperfectly, so long as I'm moving forward. So I think those three words together take a little bit of the pressure off and allow us to truly look at our situation and ourselves and be a little bit more intentional about the action we're taking without the pressure. Yeah, I love that. Let's kind of move into some of the tougher stuff that I think once we get past those barriers in and of itself, which for some of us, like we could linger there for years, just trying to make small changes to be better. But then I feel like life happens and things just get harder sometimes and distractions come into play and rejection comes into play. And especially if you're in business and if you're listening to this, that comparisonitis comes into play. And so all of these things I feel like leech onto us as we're trying to become these better versions of ourselves and honestly live as like really giant excuses for why we can't push past there or why we can't be that person that we want. So talk to us a little bit about how to navigate all that. Yeah. So I identified these kind of six key barriers that exist in my life outside of what we were already talking about, obviously, but just kind of these other things that start compounding and things like that were distractions, right? Like we have such a loud world, you know, things like comparison, like you mentioned, perfectionism. And so, you know, I think, and I love this podcast title, The Strategy Hour, because again, I think sometimes we know that things are unhealthy for us, like comparison, right? Or like perfectionism. And we can all agree, like, I need to get over that, or I need to struggle with that less. But we don't actually have real strategies for getting ourselves out from under that. And I also think we believe the lie that one day, we're just going to become so confident that we magically overcome the tendency to ever compare ourselves. And I'm like, well, you're just setting yourself up for failure if you think that and you're going to be frustrated. That literally never happens. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And so it's more like, how can we just be more self-aware? I think that's why the Enneagram is so powerful nowadays, because people have become so much more self-aware. But in the same way, like identifying one big piece of advice that I was given was like, for example, with the perfectionism thing, what's a strategy for actually not only identifying it, but actually getting out from under it when it starts to take over. So a strategy for me is to identify what causes it and then to interrupt that. So, okay, let's say it's, you know, spending time scrolling other people's businesses on social media, for example, what's my actual like go to default strategy for actually dealing with that. So okay, I'm going to actually take the rest of the day off, but I need to identify what that is and interrupt it. Or another strategy if I'm struggling with distraction, because that's something I think we can also do as business owners when things aren't fun and they're mundane and they're exhausting. You know, a strategy for that is to, again, know your default distraction. So all of us have different things we default to. Some might default to Netflix. Some might default to, you know, talking with the neighbor because we just need human interaction. Some might default to whatever it is, right? So social media, all these things. Browsing Target. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so knowing your default distractions allows you, again, to be more self-aware, but then pairing that with two to three default disciplines or kind of guiding goals or directives that will help kind of when you start to say, oh my gosh, I'm in my default distraction mode. I've gone into autopilot. I need to, what's my, what's the default discipline or the default directive that I've paired with this specific one? So I have a list of a couple like bigger directives, for example, to guide decisions and also get back from distraction. So for me, it's, you know, for business, here's one lead well, work smart. So when I start to identify I'm slipping into a default distraction, is that actually enabling that bigger directive? If not, what's my step to get back to doing that? Right. So again, it's just a self-awareness, but b having a little bit of a strategy to pair with identify and interrupt 
the perfectionism, what causes it and how do you interrupt that? Maybe by being more present, maybe by going for a walk, whatever it is. And then also identifying default distractions and then pairing those with the default directive to get you back into going where you want to go. Really simple mindset shifts, just a couple disciplines that you have to do when you're not in those mindsets, when you're not in, you know, swirling in comparison, when you're outside of distraction, when you're really focused so that you have a little bit of a strategy to kind of turn to when you begin to identify like, oh, geez, I'm like going down this black hole of comparison again, or I'm going down this, you know, this path of distraction. So it's really simple, but I think we don't often do that ahead of time. And then we have a hard time getting ourselves out of it. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get it's set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. 
After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. How can we differentiate distraction with self-care? Because sometimes browsing Target is self-care for me, and I'm acknowledging that that's what it is, truly. And it's like, I need a 30-minute reset and whatever. <laughs> yeah. But then sometimes it's like, oh, yes. I've been here for over an hour, and I'm not doing anything. Yeah. I honestly think you just kind of said it, too. I think it's, again, like assigning something a role. Like, what role is this serving? And is this serving? Is this going to help me move the needle? Is this a reset? Like, my husband is so much like that. We work together, and I am somebody who, like, will plug away for four hours straight. He works for an hour and a half, and then he needs to go outside, like, do something to the truck, I don't know. Just and I'm like, what are you doing? I used to think he was so distracted. What are you doing? Get back to work. Yeah, I'm like, you're distracted. It's noon, you know. But for him, that's actually a way to reset and be more productive. And so seeing that when there's some time bounds on it, I think that's really the thing. When it goes beyond the 15 minute break or the 30 minute break, you're like, oh, here I am. I've been here and I've bought a thousand dollars worth of things and wasted an hour and a half. Like it's clearly distraction, right? So I think, and it's also identifying. It's again, it's ahead of time. This is a big skill that I've been learning this year. Is like, what are my go to self care things. Because again, like I could easily in the middle of true distraction say, Oh, social media is self care for me. It's like helping me release for a few minutes. But if I didn't identify that ahead of time as like, these are my four go to like reset for my mind in the middle of the workday kind of practices, then it's not self care. So for you, it's target and it's going for a walk and it's, you know, taking a full hour for lunch. Those are true self care for you throughout the workday. Great. But if you didn't identify that ahead of time, I think that's where we can start to make the excuses when we're distracted. And so again, I think it's that discipline before we actually get into it. Yeah. And I also feel like these can shift like in seasons of our life and like seasons that we're going through, even just like throughout our day. So something I might consider a distraction during the day at night, it might be my unwind thing. You know, like if I'm binge watching Netflix during the day, (laughs) I am doing something wrong. But if it's 930 at night and I'm tuning out and I'm actually really not doing anything, like it's it's an unwind. Yeah. If you catch me watching How I Met Your Mother in the middle of the day, it's because I'm avoiding something major. Be worried. Be worried. Be worried. (laughs) If the the TV comes on before eight o'clock, like there's something wrong. Yes. For me. Exactly. And like the, but that's different for everybody. Like I'm not saying don't turn on the TV until eight o'clock, but like that's the thing. I think it is so individual. It is so individual. And I think that's why that self-awareness is so key because it can be so easy to impose like, oh, that was a distraction for like you're you're really distracted. And you're like, actually I have a system here and this like for my husband, I just imposed to me, that seemed distracting, but to him, it was actually really, really healthy. And so knowing how other people work, whether it's in your business or on your team or anything like that, I think is really, really key so that even if it seems like a distraction, you're able to be stay in your lane and know what really works for you. Yeah. And I think as since we mentioned Enneagram threes earlier, if you guys aren't following Enneagram and Coffee on Instagram yet, like I don't know what is going on in your life. <laughs> but <laughs> wait, wait, I've never heard of that. Oh my gosh, you will be obsessed. Enneagram and Coffee, it's ran by a phenomenal woman named Sarah Jane. She is so smart about Enneagram stuff. But one of the things on there that I it, it's just funny, right? As soon as you become more self-aware and if if you're choosing specifically to learn about Enneagram types, 
the intricacies about your personality or behaviors that you did, all of a sudden, like, oh, that's why I do that, or or that makes sense now, or that's the reason why this, that, or the other. I am very, very prone to comparisonitis, like very prone to it. And so very early on in my like this is the world that I'm working in now. I was just like, nope, I'm not going to follow you. I don't, I cannot see what you've got going on because it puts my brain in an unhealthy space. And so Sarah Jane was mentioning on Enneagram and coffee for self-care tips for each Enneagram type. Number three was unfollow people who like make you feel icky on social media. And so I know we probably have a lot of threes listening. So if you haven't seen that yet, or you haven't done it, and for some reason, like you despise opening Instagram on your phone, Truly, truly, like just get it out. Go follow like beautiful art or flowers or coffee or food or puppies. Like do something else. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So good. Such a good tip. That's huge. So talk to us a little bit about like kind of what else we can expect to see in the books. I think that those two things are really huge and crucial. So I'm excited to hear what else is inside. Yeah. So the book is split up into three parts because I feel like one of the biggest questions that I get from, it doesn't matter what season of life a woman is, whether she's, you know, graduating college and going into the workforce, changing jobs, you know, becoming a wife, moving, whatever the situation is. It seems like the recurring question I get is how do I figure out what I'm made to do, right? Like how do I figure out my purpose? How do I find my dream? And I feel like one big challenge in that is so many of us have, especially if you're at all multi-passionate or, you know, if you feel ever like you're stuck under labels, I talk a lot about this kind of image maintenance, obviously as an Enneagram three, that's a tendency of mine, but I honestly think in our world, it's becoming such an issue for so many, regardless of their Enneagram number, because of just how image based and like how much we see imagery all the time and how much we have to kind of keep up. And so one big thing I talked about, talk a lot about is not living in a box and not feeling like you can only do one thing and you have to figure out your one thing forever. And when you finally do, you'll find your purpose. It's like, I think that mentality mm-hmm. was then been, you're done. Yeah. Then you're good. <laughs> like you got it. No, like I honestly think that mentality has been fed to us in so many situations in society, right? Like you go to college and it's like, find your career, find your, get your job. You go to a motivational like conference or you hear people online, find your dream, go after your dream. And so many of us are like, help, I have unfigured out dreams and I just want to do something I enjoy. Right. And then you go to a Sunday sermon, you hear, find your calling, find your purpose. Like it's everywhere. And all, I think there's a lot of people who feel a little bit insecure if they're like, well, I don't know, like I'd love to start a business, but I'm not sure I want to be a full-time girl boss. Or I don't even know if I want to be that kind of, you know, do that with my life. And I don't know what, how I can impact people. I don't know what my gifts are. And, you know, even if you have some idea, I think we can get so focused on it has to be one thing. And we start putting ourselves in boxes like, oh, I have to be the photographer. And we have a really hard time pivoting. We have a hard time trying new things, stepping into new places. And so one of the biggest overarching dares in the book is like, try something new discover really what works for you in different seasons. Don't be so attached to just one thing or feel like you have to live into perceived expectations because other people have put you in boxes, right? I have struggled. I don't know if y'all have struggled with this being business owners, but being seen like, for example, as an author or as a podcaster, right? Like these are labels and they're labels. I love, I love to do what I do, but I'd also love to be an educator, but I have these mind blocks because I'm like, oh, well, people don't see me as that. So they wouldn't want to listen to me until they call me that. Right, right. So we put ourselves in these subconscious boxes. And I think we also start doing that to others. And I think that's a huge thing we women struggle with. We put ourselves and other women in boxes so easily based off of one or two things we see them do. So that's kind of a big theme throughout the book as well. Well, I think with purpose specifically, we so often try to make it this like, 
almost like this elevator speech for our life. And like, it has to be so specific and so thought out and whatever. And I, I know at least for me that my purpose is, oh, it's really simple. Honestly, it's just helping people. Now how I've implemented that in my life over time has changed. And so like, I think it's really, I, it can be really harmful because I don't know. I, I think I have really clear ideas of the things I want to do, but Emily and I could both talk about our husband's like lack of clarity around what do I actually want? Like, I don't, I don't understand it and that's fine. But I know there's other people out there that like legitimately they could sit here all day and be like, I literally don't know. And I think the best approach in that instance is to try things and to like explore and be like, if you were to pretend you were a child again and like go back and like do stuff all over again, like get your hands dirty, try new things. I think there's a lot to be learned from just like, and not just basic trial and error. Cause I feel like that can be kind of, it can be one of those distractions. I think it can be. Yeah, exactly. But if you're doing it intentionally and you're actually trying things you think you might enjoy, or you think could fill some sort of void, like there's no harm in trying. Yeah. I do think like kind of going back to what Jordan was saying a second ago, I think there's a lot of like, unwiring that we have to do about the traditional sense that we were told we were supposed to do or was going to be available to us. Jobs, houses, marriage, kids, life, this, that, and the other. And like our generation has truly gone against the grain in a lot of ways. And kids, those darn millennials, kids younger than us have even like done it even wilder than we have. Right. And I think it's just, it's going to take many, many, many years to kind of become ungrained from what we've been told is supposed that we were supposed to achieve. And whether it's a reality for some people out of circumstance, or it's just not what we desire anymore, the result is still the same thing. And I think even in our jobs as creative entrepreneurs, right, of starting a marketing business or client work or education or whatever, we we say that like, this is the thing that it has to be for a really long time, yeah. or I'm not successful. Like if it's not a, a career for 10 right, plus years, right. then I didn't do it right. But I just don't think that that's reality anymore. Totally. I love what you shared about, I know the purpose, right? You said my purpose is to help people, but the specific avenues in which I choose to carry that out or the tools I use to do that is unique, right? And I think what I, what I really want to touch on with that is you identified like the significance that I bring to all these specific places, whether it's creative entrepreneurship, you know, being a wife, being a friend, like all these different roles you play in life. What I love that you said was, I understand the significance of my life. And I've gathered that it's really that simple. And then now I can carry that into these specific roles and places that will change and evolve over time because that's life, right? But what I think we begin to do in our in our culture and in our society, like you were just saying, is we begin to actually swap that. We look for the significance from those specific roles. Like, oh, my purpose is to have this role or this job title or this career. And it's like, well, then what happens when that career ends or changes or, you know, that role changes, does your purpose go with it? You know, so again, it's that reconditioning of our brain to think, hold on, I actually have a lot of freedom and I can actually have a lot of fun trying to just implement how I'm going to, you know, impact lives and really just serve the world where I'm at. 
through these specific avenues. So I always say, and this is a big theme through the book, like significance over specifics. When you can operate from that perspective, you're never going to feel stuck in a box and yet not nearly as much. Right. So I love that you brought that up. And I love that you said it that way. Cause that's a huge kind of thing in my heart that I want to get out to women, regardless of whether or not, you know, Hey, I found this thing that I love. And I think I'm pretty solid in where I'm at. Like I'm very much like that with where y'all are, but at the same time, it's always kind of reminding ourselves like what's the ultimate why here what's the deeper why because that's going to guide everything that I do and that allows me the freedom if I want to pick up another little you know side hustle or let go of this part of my business because my purpose isn't attached to it it's just a certain way that I've been able to carry it out yep for sure well I've heard there's some cool bonuses that are maybe happening along with this book that's about to drop so tell us about those tell us where we can go snag that book and when it's going to be out Yeah. So the book comes out on May 14th. We're pretty close. Super excited. It's going to be at every major retailer, Target, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, all the places. But if you order before the launch date, we did like a couple trainings because again, it's that question of like, how do I really a sift through my own ideas and really implement the right ones? Because I think we all as, as creatives can have so many ideas, whether it's for our businesses or our next steps. I think we can be really you know, stuck with that. And then it also is really focused on how do I prioritize the projects? How do I prioritize my own passions so that I can really zero in on where I need to focus and what I need to do? And how do I discover the areas, those specific areas we were just talking about, the specific roles that might allow me to fulfill my ultimate purpose in a way that's most fulfilling for me personally, right? Going back to that individual. So that there's a whole coaching course that really just walks a reader through that even before diving into the book so that they can really start thinking that way and using real tools and graphs and charts to start mapping this stuff out rather than having all these things swirling in their head. So when you pre-order the book, you get access to that course completely for free, as well as early access to the first couple chapters, a secret podcast episode with the whole backstory because this book got completely redone. It was supposed to release in March. It's been a crazy journey. And I wanted to give a little true behind the scenes and like, hey, if you want to be an author, you want to create like the reality is good art takes time. And I want to give you a real look into how this thing can happen. And then the last bonus is just 20% off. I have a shop. And so there's some cool discounts and stuff there too. But all that to say, it's meant to just be a real awesome toolkit to come with the book rather than just giving you the book and not giving you anything to you know tangibly implement or educate yourself on. Awesome. And what's the name of the book so people know where to search and find it when they're ready to buy? The book is titled Own Your Every Day, Overcome the Pressure to Prove and Show Up for What You Were Made to Do. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show. I know people are going to look forward to your book coming out here soon and head over to her website to grab those bonuses. Thanks for being here. Is there any other place you want them to check in with you and follow along on your journey? Thank you guys so much for having me. I hang out on Instagram, all the socials, just at Jordan Lee Dooley. Friends always joke. They say, you have a Dr. Seuss name. It rhymes. So easy to remember. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jordan. Thanks for having me. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. 
Okay, second favor, to get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.